Hello everyone and welcome back to the Knowledge Group podcast. We're taking a forward look at what our speakers intend to cover at upcoming Knowledge Group events, turning our attention this time to how to effectively deal with mental health and substance use issues for lawyers. The event will go live Thursday, May 23rd, running between 12pm and 2pm Eastern Standard Time. We're going to hear from Terry Harrell, an Executive Director at Indiana Judges and Lawyers Assistance Programme, We're also going to hear from Doris Gunderson, MD, a Managing Director at Colorado Physician Health Program. We're also going to hear from Link Kristen, an Executive Director of the Legal Professionals Program, Karen Treatment Centers. More information about our panel, the work they do, and some information on how to listen to this event will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25, and when used at checkout, that code gets you 25% off that very first webcast registration. Let's turn things over to our panel now. Hi, I am Terry Harrell, and I am a lawyer, a social worker, and an addictions therapist. So my primary job is that I'm the executive director of the Indiana Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program, but I've been involved with the American Bar Association's Commission on Lawyer Assistance Programs for many years. I'm the immediate past chair. I'm a member of the National Task Force on Lawyer Well-Being, and I'm currently the chair of the ABA Working Group to Advance Well-Being in the Legal Profession. The three issues I would really like to talk about during our podcast will be, number one, I want to talk about the groundbreaking research that was released in 2016. This was a large-scale study of lawyers looking at rates of substance use, other mental health issues, and our willingness or reluctance to seek help. Uh, The study was a collaboration between the American Bar Association and the Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation um, and really gave us really sound data upon which to build a movement for well-being in the legal profession. The second issue I'd like to talk about is why substance use and mental health issues are professionalism issues for for our profession. Uh, I don't think we have to talk about that for a long time, but I think there are people who still want to say that issues of lawyer mental health and well-being are purely personal issues and are not of concern to the profession or to legal employers or to the regulators of our profession. I'd like to talk for a few minutes about just why professionalism well-being is, in fact, a professionalism issue. The third topic I'd like to talk about is what the legal profession is doing to reduce problems with mental health and substance use and to improve the overall well-being of our lawyers. Uh, In my opinion, we're on the front wave of a well-being movement, and I'd like to talk a little bit about how the 2016 research led to that movement and the work of both the National Task Force and the ABA Working Group We won't have time to talk about all the great work being done in each state, but I think perhaps we'll also be able to give listeners just a sense of the work that's going on at more of a local level as well. I'm Link Kristen. I was a trial lawyer for 25 years. Um, uh, 15 years ago, um, I I went from high-functioning alcoholic to uh, sort of a nuclear disaster and um, and uh, got myself into treatment and spent the better part of a year getting sober. Been in recovery now for 14 years. Um, and um, uh, since then, I've, done, I've taught law school and I've done some interesting things, but I developed, I uh, volunteered 
for two organizations like the one Terry runs, Lawyers Assistance Programs in Virginia and Minnesota, and as a volunteer helping lawyers who were in trouble, um, I developed an appetite for that, and I loved doing it. So I went and got a master's degree in addiction counseling at Hazel and Betty Ford, which is in Minnesota and is one of the large, significant treatment centers in the world. And then they asked me to start a program for legal professionals. Uh, and as, as Terry knows, they're the most highly addicted profession of all professions. And so I started a special program just for impaired legal professionals. Uh, it, was, it was the first major program in the country. I did that for five or six years. The Karen Foundation, which is outside Philadelphia, which is sort of the other, you know, uh, large treatment center in the country, um, then asked me to come out here and start the same program. I came here three years ago to Pennsylvania, and I'm currently the executive program of the, the executive director of the Legal Professionals Program. Um, I have done nothing for the last eight years except clinically treat uh, impaired lawyers and, and law students. And so um, I have written fairly extensively on this. I speak nationally on this. And then I also do the clinical work. So that's my background. Um, everything Terry talked about, if, it, if for any reason it worked during this um, broadcast, um, I know substantively all the things she talked about, and I would have things I could add to the, what she's saying if, if we wanted some back and forth. Um, I, I, can, um, I can do that. For example, law firms now are starting to create a position of director of well-being um, to deal with balance and, and work-life balance and um, you know, uh, how to identify addiction and substance use and mental health issues and how to educate their lawyers about those and hopefully prevent them or have the lawyers be open and honest and get help sooner rather than later. <clears throat> and that's becoming um, a trend. So with that background, the three areas that I specifically said, the three topics that I would talk about, uh, and I can do more or less, um, the first one is why addiction is so much more difficult um, uh, to recognize and accept than other chronic diseases. Um, cancer, diabetes, a number of diseases are chronic uh, and they fall in the same category as addiction and um, alcoholism, but for whatever reason, um, they're harder to recognize and they're harder to accept by the addicted person. They, they deny that they have those to themselves. So they end up not asking for help. And so I can talk about the reasons for that um, in some detail. The second area that I thought I would address is why do high-functioning lawyers take so long to seek treatment? And I put high-functioning in quotes. More than half of all lawyers who are uh, in the middle of an addiction problem um, are characterized as high-functioning, meaning they kind of protect their job and their career um, while they're still drinking or using addictively. 
Um, but when they protect their career, it helps them uh, normalize their behavior and they don't feel like they're really an addict or an alcoholic. What happens is that they lose most of the other things in their life, but they hang on to their career. And the whole issue of how they're high-functioning and why the fact they're high-functioning makes them so difficult to identify and to recognize is a subject I'll talk about. And then um, the – let me go to my notes here. And then the third subject is why returning to work – uh, when when lawyers want to do recovery and get sober, it's so much more difficult for lawyers to go back to work. And I work with, I've probably worked with 800 lawyers and helped them go back to work uh, at their law firm or their practice and that sort of thing. And the reality is it's very dangerous for them to go back to work immediately at the same level they were at before they uh, got some sort of treatment. And so... I can I can detail a gradual return to work that is much safer for them. It protects their recovery, and it's kind of a win-win for their employer and the lawyer. So those are the three subjects that I identified that I can talk to, talk about. And quite frankly, anything I there's a number of other subjects I can either add to or add to the list. My name is Doris Gunderson. I'm a psychiatrist. And I'm the medical director for the Physician Health Program in Colorado. I also worked with the first executive director of the Colorado Lawyers Assistance Program in Colorado, and in consultation helped her uh, develop the Lawyers Assistance Program. I uh, have found that working with physicians and also attorneys in my private practice as well as in evaluating them for fitness for duty, that there are striking similarities between uh, both professions in terms of some of the occupational hazards they face, things like burnout, um, high rates of depression, and sadly high rates of suicide, as well as addiction. Uh, in my uh, address in the webinar, what I would like to focus on are specific drivers of stress that may increase the risk for developing addiction or other mental health issues um, in the practice of law. I would also like to talk about some specific remedies. Uh, for example, individual practices that attorneys can develop that will improve their resilience, uh, help them uh, develop more of a work-life balance, and um, heavy workload that I'd also like to address the systemic changes that need to occur in the profession to make the culture healthier for attorneys, uh, because I think it's true that healthy attorneys provide the best services for their clients. And finally, I think in closing, I'd like to address briefly some of the research that's been done with physician populations um, through the Federation of State Physician Health Programs and individual physician health programs that I think will apply nicely to the legal profession in terms of how to evaluate for some of these illnesses and the best treatment uh, guidelines for some of these illnesses, as, as well as systemic changes that can improve the health of a workplace.
Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget information about our panel and how to sign up and listen to the event will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25. When you use that at checkout, it gets you 25% off that first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you at this event. And until then, take care. Bye now.